and now my mouth my mouth is burning i like to spice i like a lot of spice jesus so like that woke me up today that's my caffeine some people like their double espresso i like my paprika <laughs> so you my, go to nando's every morning yeah <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, course you are. You like me, are you? Yeah, I'm yeah. a vegetarian that eats in a chicken shop. But the that's chips. weird. Do you not find that a bit weird? Most of my decisions don't make sense, so it's kind of very mm. on brand for me. <laughs> Fair enough. I'd like to welcome uh, Topher to the Shades of Gay podcast. Welcome. Thanks Thank for you. coming. Thank you for having me. So, any summer fun this year? Festivals, sunshine, partying? Any reasons to check your status? With a BioSure HIV self-test, it really has never been easier. Taking control and knowing your status is simple. Test where you want, when you want, and with who you want. Your easy-to-read result is ready in just a few minutes. No waiting, no fuss, no HIV test is easier. Order your BioSure HIV self-test today. It's delivered next day in discreet packaging and fits through your letterbox. Or pick up in your local Boots or Superdrug pharmacy. Visit hivselftest.co.uk and be sure, be BioSure. hivselftest.co.uk <laughs> I like the way that we both went and got a drink really quickly before this advert finished. Yeah, I like, <laughs> like, to, I like to be hydrated too. <laughs> With what you, <laughs> can I just say that you've got two bottles, hang on, what you got? You've got Corona. Yeah. You've got two bottles of Corona, a glass of water. It's not just normal water, it's cucumber and lemon water. How oh, the fuck's in that? It's really I'm strong elegant. tasting. Yeah, by sure, do you have a self-test? Yeah, I've done that. In fact, my most recent test was a self-test because I just couldn't take time off work with the preparation for Pride in London. Oh, it yeah. didn't make sense to me to take a morning off. It wasn't yeah. sensible, so I um, did a self-test, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's so necessary and I think it, it concerns me the amount of people I know, even professional people I know who work mm. in my industry, like with adult stuff, mm. who don't test regularly. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you thinking? It's like it's not only important for you, like if you're sexually active, yeah. then you it's a necessity because you are potentially putting someone else's health at risk. Yeah, of course. And I think, like we were saying earlier, is that some people think that um, sexual health is a negative thing, but it's not. Oh. Once you know anything about yourself, then yeah. you're free to have fun. It's so. I mean, it's so childish to be embarrassed. I mean, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I can no. speak for myself, and obviously, I've been exposed to more than most people have. But you know, self. It's self-care. Mm. It's an MOT, you know. It's making sure oh everything's God. in working order. Don't talk about MOTs. I took my car this morning. £400 later, it cost me. Oh just geez. for service. Fuck that. Oh, excuse my language. Citroen. No, you can say what. No, you can say fuck. Anyway, you've been saying a few things on the podcast. We, we know that you're Topher, but you need to tell people that are listening exactly who you are. Um, I'm Topher Taylor. Uh, my fault, my, I mean, my... <laughs> this is bitch, right? <laughs> well, I mean, what, what do you do? What, how do you describe yourself to somebody? I think um, it's a dating profile. What okay. If it's a dating profile, I'll say that I am incredibly good in bed, first of all, which I am, and I'm proud of that. Hang on. Um, Look, thank God I've got double French doors. Yeah, I'm going to flash <laughs> everyone in a minute. Um, yeah, I I am a sex educator, and I do okay. that through various channels. I do it through discreet interactions with customers, um, customers of the adult retailer that I work for. Mm. I do it through people who reach out to me personally after reading my articles. Um, I submit content for various magazines and, yeah. you know, online websites. Um, for example, Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, yeah. Net Doctor. Um, I've got around, <laughs> figuratively and literally. <laughs> and, uh, I've just come back from the centre of London with you to here, and I can tell you've been around. <laughs> How very dare you. It's true. Though. So, um, you, you're saying, you, so you write for the magazine, so you, mm. you work in the adult industry, don't you? Your yeah. current job at the moment is... Yeah, I work for a leading adult retailer in the you can UK. Say Clone Zone. Oh, yeah, okay. I work for Clone Zone. You know, yeah. I get so fucking bored of saying it. Yeah. Um, I work for, a, and it basically, it's like the. I started the company quite young. I was only twenty, mm-hmm. and I knew what I wanted to do. But the reality of what I wanted to do is a bit of a pipe dream because I don't have, you know, a university education. I don't have a degree, you know, and I, I never would for, have, you know, penned myself younger as a writer mm. because. I didn't really have that confidence in myself. I was just kind of figuring it out and it was a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah. And then, you know, one thing happens, next thing happens, and suddenly I'm being asked by various... That under, I started with the underground sex magazines. You no, know, when you say underground, do you mean at what? Well, illegal like, ones or...? No, preferably legal. Um, well. <laughs> well... Yeah, we've got a story about that later, mm, think about your, yeah, your activities. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I used to work for QX Men, which is you find in sex shops and you find okay. it in like various like adult sex venues. And I just did like uh, sex toy reviews and you know, just general advice and me, me giving a little perspective as someone who's exposed to a lot of sex and toys mm. and, you know... 
like an insider's view to what goes on on this side of things. And yeah, yeah. But that's good. I mean, you, you've. I mean, working in that industry, you've. You, like you just said, you, you do see a lot of sex going on. Does that not kind of not normalize? Because a lot of people that listen to this, whatever experience your world. Yeah. But how do you get stimulated from an industry like we? I would do it for fun, you know, the yeah. whole adult stuff. <laughs> but this is your job. Yeah, I because um, my, my association with it is I love my job not so much for the you know for being turned on or aroused. Mm. It's more for me. It's I like to I like the emotional side of sexuality. I like helping people open up and discover things about themselves I and mean, mm. even perhaps like curing themselves of something that you know has plagued them like for example one of the main things people come to me for is like erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or okay. um for, for, for advice rather than for stimulation yeah, like yeah oh no I, I they just come to my they house said you're like, good in bed yeah so <laughs> i was like <laughs> no like it's like what can i do what can i use like can you help me and i i I love it when someone says to me, like, I just can't orgasm because of this. I'm like, well, perhaps try this. And then when they come back and say, oh, my God, it worked. That's the side of it that I love. Yeah. And that's the side of it that I'm in love with. And the, the rawness, the horniness, blah, blah, blah. That's a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I've learned now over the years to kind of put that in a different box. So I, I um, as I say, don't dip your pen in the company ink. I keep my sex life separate from my work life. So I don't mix in the circles that I would. For my own act, personal activity, yeah. But you're, you're <laughs> quite a big. I mean, especially on the guesting in London, you are quite. I mean, everyone knows you, don't they? Uh, I mean, for start, recently, I wouldn't say that. I know recently, you probably got in touch. You probably in London. Yeah, that. I mean, oh my god, that was. Um, that was actually. You know what? That actually made me cry, and I don't cry a lot. No, I don't cry a lot. <laughs> you need your shades on, love. No, I know I did. <laughs> you fake, you fake Louis Vuittons. Yeah, my fake Louis, <laughs> my LV bitch. Um, I got contacted a week before by this guy called Jason Reed, who does. The the public relations and a lot of the social media or all of the social media for Royal Vauxhall Tavern, mm-hmm. which is like the iconic gay venue in Vauxhall. Um, he said, listen, keep your fucking mouth shut because I have a tendency to, you know, blab. Um, Pride want us to do something special in support of trans people. Mm-hmm. And because I like, obviously I do support trans people and I'm very vocally supportive of, you yeah. know, someone's right to be who they are. And that to me comes naturally. And I've always, I've always wanted to protect people. I've always been quite maternal, paternal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, paternal. So um, I always say maternal. I always see myself Eternal's as more woman. female. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, well, do I'm you like identify yourself? How do you identify yourself? No, I'm male, but I... I, no, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, you, you, I mean, we're going to go into the fact that you, you said, I mean, no one can see you because you're on a podcast, but um, you, you just described earlier, which we'll go to in a bit, about you being a bit more feminine. So Yeah, and I'm proud of that. I love that yeah. side of myself because it reminds me of my mum. She's my role model. Yeah. yeah, I look like her, I behave like her. She's much more, um, I would say, a lot more prudish than I am, like marginally. <laughs> but she knows your industry you work in. Yeah, she knows, but she knows my she knows my intentions. She knows why I'm in it. Yeah. She knows I'm not here to be like a sex god because that doesn't appeal to me. She knows I'm doing it because she, she's known me. I'm quite caring yeah. and I'm very protective and I believe in kindness. Yeah. And it's cheesy, yeah. and especially in this age, I'm very, I like to be kind and I like to promote kindness and I like to... I, I love the idea of someone perhaps working with me or reading something mm. I've written or listening to me and going, you know what, that's made me feel nice about this aspect of my life and my sexuality, and I now I feel a little less uncomfortable. Do you, do you find other people like that in the adult industry, or is it are you quite ideal? Um, no, quite a lot. There's a lot of body positivity now. Um, mm. A lot of it gets, I think, derailed, and there's quite yeah. a lot of chaos and a lot of self-explanation, which I'm not yeah. a big fan of. Right. I'm much more like just embrace who you are yeah you know do what you can to make your life better here's steps to make your sex lives better yeah um rather than you know i don't know there's a lot of focus i think now on this in like deep self-explanation and exposing who i am this is how i identify yeah sometimes you just want to this is i am who Mm. i am i don't really need to explain it to you right now because it's none of your fucking business yeah but I want to have a great orgasm. And can, can you help me? <laughs> like when like you go about self-identity, yeah. so we're just out on a good organism. Yeah, or, yeah, but then also, like, I, I do, on, on the flip side, understand why there are people out there who do have to explain themselves. I'm never going to understand that because I'm not... Yeah. I'm not a... Obviously, I'm, I'm borderline marginalised because of my sexuality and the way I look. Mm-hmm. But I'm never going to identify with someone who has grown up in the wrong body yeah. or who has grown up, you know black or you know dark skin in in the uk mm. so for me it's hard to identify with a lot of it so i just kind of do my own thing yeah but going back to the fact that you said you was paternal um 
that brings us back to the whole why they rang you for pride. Yeah. So, oh god, I went completely off topic. There. Oh no, I think I just I took you that way, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> easily led. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was an honour. So basically, I got asked to. It was a secret thing. No one was supposed to know about it, and they didn't. Um, yeah. So before the parade began, we were the first people walking, and we walked in support of trans people That's because amazing. last yeah, it, and you know what? To be asked, and even to be recognised in that way like that I could possibly be involved in something so like what it represents is huge yeah and for me as someone who grew up you know like a little gay boy in London Mm -hmm. you know well I'm sure we'll get there but my childhood was quite sad because I was so scared about who I was and I felt so so to go from my home city growing up so fearful and feeling like an absolute loser and not the cool kind of loser like I felt fuck my life is going to be awful to go from that to suddenly opening up the celebration of gay pride with Sadiq Khan with Sadiq Khan like yeah. the, the city like the mayor to to be doing that is like closure it was like a full circle moment for me it was like wow I I've kind of done it you yeah. know I, it's like I'm talking to my younger self and it's like I always have this thing in the back of my head where I'm talking to him okay. and I'm like I'm doing this for you you know that right like wow. I'm, I'm making it good because I know it wasn't good for you. you yeah. So, yeah. So going back to the early life, when did you actually think? Because you, you say you don't identify as gay. You're you're kind of yeah. It's, if I sat here in front of you and said I'm gay, I'd be lying to you because mm. I definitely am, and I have been emotionally and sexually yeah. attracted to women. Yeah. On many occasions, like not just randomly, it's happened to me a lot. Yeah. But I mean, my preference has always been men. Yeah. Always. But we, we was always taught at school during the Section Twenty Eight era. That um, <laughs> which we shouldn't have been, but Mm-mm. that the sexuality was a percentage scale. Whereas everyone tries to say, "Well, I'm gay, lesbian, or straight." Yeah. We was told, "Well, you could be eight to twenty, seven to thirty. Yeah. It can be a little bit fluid." I, I do believe in fluidity, and I, I mean, I, I, as we'll get to, I'm sure in this show, like I, yeah. I've always had a bizarre perspective on sex and sexuality because of my experiences, and I've always been with people yeah. that you wouldn't expect me to be with hmm. because of social constructs and because of toxic masculine i don't know it's hard for me to speak from their perspective but all i can say is i do believe that that with most people i wouldn't say all people i'd say a large much more than we're aware of and i say if you think of how many people you think might possibly be Mm -hmm. bisexual or pansexual yeah double it but just just explain because i know that majority of people now know what pansexual means but a lot of the old generation it's a new thing so bisexual means you're attracted to male or female Mm -hmm. so cis male cis female pansexual is you're attracted to whoever Okay. Gender identity. So he could be, um, say, a man who is uh, sees himself as a woman. Yeah, like but fe- female, be- female presenting with like male genitals. Yeah. Listen, it's so convoluted and it's complicated and it confuses me. But I just, you know what? I just think at the end of the day, do what you want to do as long yeah. as you're doing it safe, safely and consensually. And, and I, I do. I'm not just saying that to sound nice. As long as you're taking care of yourself, yeah. going back to even testing, yeah. as long as you're taking care of yourself, and more importantly, that you're being responsible for your partners, mm-hmm. and you're being honest, and you're communicating, yeah. then just do what you need to do. Just have a good time. Yeah. And make sure you're good in bed, because it's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to be good. <laughs> so, okay, you, you said that you're amazing in bed. That's yeah. one of your, your profile incredible. things. incredible. Where, where Breathtaking. <laughs> So if you want to get in touch with us, uh, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we could run a competition, and whoever wins can give that give that a try. I'm mm. joking. I'm joking. By the way, yeah, I'm going to no. delete my yeah. WhatsApp. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen your WhatsApp messages because um, Toph, if you don't know, if you listen to our other podcast, Thirsty Bitch, uh, with the mic on myself, then you actually was on our very first number one, yeah, uh, podcast. You're welcome. Uh, for, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> 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 No, it, was, it, was, it was fun. That was, you know, that was a fabulous experience to me. And it was an like, interesting time in my life because a week before I'd filmed that podcast or so I'd had this sexual experience with someone who um, turned out to be, meant quite a lot to me. But yeah, it went horribly wrong. So when I think of the podcast, I think of that really exciting time in my life where, even though yeah, it, was only rec- it was only recently, like, but it still feels like a lifetime ago because it represents a really fun time for me. It was exciting. But you said it, I mean, what did happen? You said it went all horribly wrong. Yeah, you know what? It was, the writing was on the wall Mm. from the beginning, but I'm a dreamer. Okay, so you saw this before, so you literally steamed into it knowing that it's going to be a problem. I'm a dreamer and I believe in, I I believe in taking chances and I believe that because my life has been so unconventional, that I would never meet someone in a conventional way. So, um, yeah, I met this person, let's call him N for November. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
who I had a one night stand with, didn't really think too much of it other than the fact, wow, there was a connection there, yeah. but this person is who they are and I'm not going to, you know, I'm busy. Yeah. Like if I need to have sex, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's quite available to me because of my lifestyle and because I have, you know, good, healthy, open relationships mm-hmm. with people that I know and um, sex is always on the cards. Like it could always be there. As I think most people my age, it is. Yeah. It's quite, sex is quite accessible. But it felt different with this person. And yeah, um, the podcast kind of always reminds me because I remember the experience happened and then a few weeks later, the person called me and said they'd listened to the podcast. And oh, I was wow. so like charmed that 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 effort had been yeah. I don't know it felt charming yeah but yeah it was it was ill-fated and then it went from there yeah it yeah. was it was a strange situation I think I, I possibly grabbed onto something that I knew wasn't going to work but you don't it know was fun yeah, yeah. And it was fun and it made me feel special so going from there we all know now that you're, you're working in the adult industry you've done pride yeah. you've worked on that we need to go back to what you started off as a child so yeah. when did you first realize that you were different to what always um i was always like my my cousins and my brother were very masculine and boisterous and i was much more sensitive and i really cared about affection and i always sought affection from my nan my mum, and my dad you sought it yeah so like when my brother and my cousins would be punching each other and throwing each other around i would want to sit with my nan because i was to me she was a goddess okay like to me she was like a religious figure Mm-hmm. And needed her approval. I loved her, like I worshipped her. Okay. And she was a good friend to me. Like she was my first best friend. Yeah. And she oh, made wow. me feel special. Wow. And she told me I was special and I believed her. So um my childhood was a bit weird because I had that thing of feeling special, but then I grew up in South East London in a place called Eltham. Mm-hmm. And to be different somewhere like that isn't glamorous. Like, okay. you know, you hear these fa- fabulous stories of these people who are like David Bowie, like, oh, I was the freak unique. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, that was, um, um, that was <coughs> Pete Burns, pardon me. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was just awful. I felt displaced. I felt. But what really age did you feel this? Young. I would say probably going into five, six. I felt different. That, that young? Yeah, because I just, I was treated different and I felt different. I didn't enjoy sports and I didn't people didn't really want to sit with me and people didn't really want to talk to me and I was aware of it. And it was a bit hard for me because my parents are very kind people, nice mm. people, liberal people. My mum and my dad are good people, hardworking, kind. So I'd come from that and it felt, the way I describe growing up is, when I think about it, it was like walking out the front door and getting hit by a baseball bat wow. because you were so used to this kindness, this open-minded mm friendliness like my parents are well traveled yeah you know they had friends from all different backgrounds genders um sexualities races so for me the world was this colorful vibrant place of love behind the doors yeah and then you know obviously (coughs) as we know now as as very young people still yeah um it's not yeah so it was a bit of a a shock to the system no and i was you know kind of from very young i'd say probably about seven eight like kind of name calling started like gay or calling me a girl. Yeah, because, um, I mean, people who don't know what you look like, you... Well, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't really go down this... You class yourself as being quite feminine. I mean, no, you're, you, you're the, uh, to me, you're that pretty boy, kind of, you know, blonde. You've got young skin. You look Thank young, you. even though you're... Nah, 150. Years, yeah, I know. You've got that... In twink years, I'm geriatric. Geriatric. <laughs> yeah, hashtag geriatric. Hashtag that. Yeah. <laughs> but you have, you've got that, you know, that young... Almost you. a bit like... When you see like a Euro, uh, what do you call a Bellamy type of... Oh, wow. Okay, that's a compliment. No, I mean, you know, you've got that blonde, that nice skin. You're that mean. pretty type of boy, Thank aren't you? you? That's really so, nice. That's yeah, you've nice. got that. So is it because... I'm guessing that's because of that, because it would be seen as feminine. To do you know what it is? I look like my mum. I, I look like her and so, like we have the same face, we have the same mm. lips, we have the same eyelashes. I have different eyebrows, my eyebrows are much fuller, but... Yeah. And as I grew older, I looked more and more like her. So rather than looking more and more masculine, my face kind of became more effeminate and my cheekbones mm-hmm. got wider and my lips got yeah. fuller. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, obviously that, that look sounds wonderful on a, on a storybook, but when you're growing up in like South London yeah, and you're surrounded by like boisterous boys who like, you know, football and you're like, you know, the girls and like I was the, the oddball. Yeah. And it wasn't glamorous and I didn't feel special because of it. I wanted it to stop. And I used to cut my eyelashes with scissors. Shit, really? Yeah, because I hated them so much. 
Jeez, that's quite a lot. And that went through school, I take it. Yeah, that carried on until, like, primary school was, you know, in primary school, I always remember someone got hold of my house phone number and they used to prank call my mum and dad and shout, Tranny. Yeah, and this is young. I'm talking, like, 9, 10. So it's kind of vicious. Like, I was, yeah, I was kind of put through it a little. Yeah, city kids are quite ass, aren't they? Yeah, it was horrible. And it, I always remember it was just someone shouting, Tranny, and it used to happen, like, every weekend. Mm. I know who it is now who was doing Did it. You? And yeah. Really? Have you have you spoken to that person since? I don't want to speak to someone like that. I don't care how young you are. Yeah. Behaving like that I think is a good testament of the kind of person you're gonna grow up to yes. be. So good luck to you. Yeah. So when you were when you finished your school you said that you didn't carry on to university or things, but no. you, you didn't you're in adult industry now, but you never you never started off as your career in adult industry. No, no, no. I started off so I when I when I left school, I, and funny we talk about name calling and stuff, I did mm. try to go to sixth form college. So I went to Roman Catholic primary school and Roman Catholic yeah. secondary school, very religious. Wow. Like, prayers, hymns every day, like, but also not like that formal, like, so that, that people did kick the crap out of each other and stuff. And mm. I was always like having things thrown at me and shit. But um, like tennis balls, they fucking hurt, you know? Yeah. Fucking hurt. And you've got to pretend it didn't hurt because you don't want to look like you've been hurt. And I would just have to run to the bathroom, like burst into tears. How, how do you get through a time like that? Because you, you're, you're as, as a child and through your teenage years, these are the years that change you into a, yeah. who you are. But how, how do you cope with something? You know what? I had three girls or four girls, sorry, that protected me. Hmm. Um, Katrina, Laura, Kerry and Kirsten. And they kind of before, they kind of made this protective wall around me, which lasted from primary school to a secondary school. Okay. And I'm telling you now, there's no way I would have made it without them. Oh, is this where your love for, for women come from? I, love not, women. I don't mean sexual side of it, but I, you really love women. I women. love women. I yeah. love. I adore women. Women are my role models. Women. Are, I see all my close friends are straight females. Mm-hmm. Um, I just adore women. Do you think that stems from the love you got from your grandma and your mum and the girls at school? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Because you see them as a safe area. Yeah, because they they understood me before anyone else did, and there was yeah. uh, that I was given a, I was given leeway. Yeah, and I and I wasn't getting that from everyone else. Everyone else, it was just like he's different. Goodbye. Yeah, these girls were like, um, there's something in there, and they were patient with me. Do you, do you think that is purely just a location thing? Uh, the way you got bullied at school, or mm. do you think you'd have got that regardless that w- with the way you? I looked? think so. I was quite, I was quite, yeah. I had that shocking white blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. like very feminine face. I just wasn't a boy's boy, you know. Yeah, but I also wasn't like a, I don't know. I was a bit, a bit of a freak. What did you put? Did you, is that part of your personality you portrayed, or uh, not really? Because I didn't want to be. You can't be a freak if you're not portraying it, though, can you? Really? really? Well, I, f- I felt well when I say freak, I feel like odd one out. Yeah, and not okay. not intentionally. Like I just I wanted to fit in. Okay. Back then, and then something changed as I got older. Like if we're jumping forward a few years, if you don't yeah. mind me doing yeah, no, that, d- jump around. Yeah. So this website called MySpace came into my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom, was it Tom's friend? <laughs> Yeah, was I? Um, well, I think all of us were. <laughs> you were, yeah. But um, yeah, so I joined MySpace when I think fourteen, and I just uploaded a few pictures, and yeah, within a few weeks, my life was flipped. Is this where the the, the infamous photograph of you? Yeah, came about. So th- no, if you tell the listeners not. Yeah, so basically, we joined MySpace, and within a few months, I got very popular, just uploading provocative pictures of myself, like looking alternative and dressing a little bit skimpily for someone who's very young. But this, this I'm guessing that this is it was a new kind of thing because everyone does it now, don't mm, they? So. Back then it was yeah. like, wow, is this guy really daring to do it? Mm-hmm. And at that point I kind of discovered my sexuality and I was feeling much less apologetic about it. Yeah. Because I think when you go through so many years of feeling like an outsider, you begin to feel empowered by that. And maybe that's just me. I can only speak yeah. from my own perspective. But I felt at that stage, proud to be different. Because I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Cause I, yeah. And I started to look at myself in the mirror going, you know what? Because mm-hmm. I, ca- I was discovering music and culture yeah. and I read a lot and I watched a lot of like music documentaries and I loved music television and I adored Madonna and David Bowie. Yeah. So they, they kind of, I kind of reached this point where I was like, no, I'm not going to be a victim. I just, I'm not going to allow myself to be a victim. Mm. And even though I did have days where I would just go home and cry and I always used to feel really guilty because my mum, used to sit outside my bedroom and I used to like try not to sniff because if oh. I sniffed she'd know I was crying so yeah I felt like almost like I wanted to like protect her from my oh, discovery you. whatever yeah. it was but yeah anyway MySpace so hmm. putting these pictures up and yeah I guess I guess I got internet famous yeah and, and what I was the famous picture? 
Uh, hey. Yeah. Nice. Drinking, <laughs> drinking milk from a carton, but purposely yeah. bursting it. So it's all pouring down my body. It was suggestive. Yeah. A lot of people thought I was referencing, like, obviously someone, like, coming on me, which I know it looks like. And obviously it's a reference. To, but yeah. it's actually... Okay. It was a reference to Madonna in the Express Yourself video. Okay. Because there's a scene where she climbs under a table and she picks up a cup. She drinks... She licks a bowl of cat milk and then pours it down her shoulder. Okay. So in the picture, I'm pouring milk down my body and it's kind of going all over me. It isn't quite an iconic picture, that. It, it, yeah, it changed my life. Like, yeah. It sounds absurd to say that, but that, it did. But how did it change your life? Because, yeah, I mean, people I just, post pictures, like, nowadays, Instagram, they get a few likes, whatever. But mm-hmm. you're saying this literally changed you from having a uh, not pleasant upbringing to being a, a, what you are now. Yeah, it, it, it introduced me to circles of people who were interested in me because of my, okay. my aesthetic. And then once they got past the superficial stuff, they saw that maybe they liked me. Mm-hmm. And I made a, a whole new group of friends. So it's a bit like inter- finding your tribe. Yeah, of yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. That is, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. And I found my tribe, um, and yeah, I was embraced and I, I was celebrated for being different. And yeah, there of course there are dickheads who would say horrible things, and mm. you know I would have there was a hate group made about me. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? there was a few, and there's this group of kids from High Wycombe <laughs> sent me this message saying I was to be dead within six months. Fuck, why'd you do that? Yeah, well, 15 years later, bitch. <laughs> yeah. She's still standing. Wow, and they're in prison. Mm, probably, yeah. God knows. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. I don't care where they are. But yeah, it changed my life. So people were interested in me and I'd go to gigs and social gatherings and like, we'd go to events and we'd hang out in Soho Square and mm-hmm. people would come just to see us and oh, to see nice. me. Yeah, And it was weird. It was like a total co- a shock to the system to go from being the one in your school who... You felt like an inconvenience. I felt like, this is the best way to describe it. I felt inconvenient. Yeah. I felt like people were, the girls who hung out with me were obligated to. Right, okay. Rather than wanted to. And that's mm. a horrible feeling as a kid. Yeah, Being it's a so easy to part. take that into adult life with you though as well. Yeah, like, but the thing is, I, if I'm honest with you, I don't hold on to it anymore. Like it's I'm not, good. I don't carry that with me because I felt like I got my demons out over the years, like mm. through being angry. So when I did get popular... I wasn't particularly nice to people. I was quite nasty. Because you were expecting them to be nasty to you, were you? Uh, I think I was a bit frustrated because to go from being um, in a situation where you were quite... I mean, you were treated unpleasantly. Like, Mm. life wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy my life. Like, I don't know how... I wouldn't wake up and look forward to the weekends. I would just feel miserable. And then to go from that, suddenly everyone's, like, licking your ass. And I, and I got, literally in your case mm, no I was too young for that I was, I was actually quite innocent but okay. <laughs> that came trust me those days yeah. are about to arrive yeah. um, I was angry at people because I thought it was a bit pathetic and I didn't understand it Yeah, and I thought why are you liking me because of this persona on a website it means nothing and mm. I, I definitely saw it for what it was I definitely had a sense of humour about it Yeah. and then one day I decided I was done with it and deleted it is that when you went into working as a bellboy? Yeah. So that was, I was turning 17 mm. and I put an advert on Gumtree saying, hi, I'm young, ambitious. I can work hard. <laughs> like I, and I'd had to leave college because mm. I'd actually been bullied out of my college. They, 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 they put me into counselling. Yeah. Okay. So the college put me into counselling first, but it, it got relentless. But did they tackle the bullies? It was a strange situation because I went to college in Lewisham and the college in, and there was lots of knife related issues at the college. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I'm just not risking this because I didn't feel safe. And I thought, okay. I'm just going to have to wing it. I knew I could blag it. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I put an advert on Gumtree and then there's five star hotel in, in St. Martin's Lane in Covent Garden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were the gorgeous hotel. Like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing here? Um, reached out to me and they were like, hey, come for an interview. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like yeah. go- Googling it or Yahoo, whatever it was back then. <laughs> I don't Yahoo. remember. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why do they want me there? This gorgeous boutique celebrity hangout. And I went there for an interview and the woman just really liked me. Yeah. And I got the job on the spot and I worked there for 18 months. And I used to take home, I used to like take celebrity, I was a bellboy. Yeah. So I'd answer, I'd greet you from the car, take your bags to your room. Get cool. my, yeah, it was cute. And I, I felt really proud of myself for, mm. and I would make, I was in the right wage and I had made amazing tips. Yeah. Like, uh, so. Okay. So I'm out of interest then. You're doing the bellboy thing mm-hmm. and you've been bullied at school. So now you're in, I guess, adult life, real world. Have you now just found out that people aren't like that really generally? They don't treat you like that. I, I discovered that because where I grew up was very white Catholic. Mm. I discovered 
other cultures and being exposed to like gay people and yeah. drag queens and escorts and this other side of the world which is only really seen in movies mm-hmm. and it it was so intoxicating to me because this was new and these people weren't apologetic for who they are and they were just living their lives freely and to me that was a unfathomable mm-hmm. then now it's like natural but back yeah. then i was like oh my god i yeah. can't believe he's got out of the car dressed like that <laughs> wow. i mean i can never do that at home i'd have my ass kicked and i did have my ass kicked many times from your parents no not my parents people okay. on the street oh, like, just, okay, right. I used to get attacked a lot and I used to, have, I used to get mugged a lot my god yeah so how, I mean it, it, it wasn't times yeah but it's there <laughs> I, I feel like I need counselling from talking to you now <laughs> <laughs> no it's fine I don't I don't think I'm sad about it like no there's definitely a frustration sometimes I feel like oh I wish I'd got to enjoy this time in my life more but I can't change it what no. am I going to do lie on my bed and cry that's probably no. what made you what you are today though to be fair I mean it's not yeah. not pleasant I'm not a victim no. I'm not, I don't see myself as a victim and I, I, I repel that, that yeah. ugh, no, I don't want to be a victim. I'm like, just get on with it. Like you can't change it. Okay. Well, you're not a victim. So let's do the fun state. <laughs> do the fun stuff now. First so I you... drink a glass of wine and cry. <laughs> yeah, neck, neck that. So you said like, from, from being a bellboy, you, you decided to leave that, but you told me that uh, at a relatively young age, mm-hmm. you decided to do a bit of dancing. Oh God! What was this about? Okay, so oh God! All right, so through MySpace, I met like kind of some club promotery people in London, and it was I was told that there was an opportunity to dance in the bar, yeah, and to get paid a questionable amount of money for it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm broke, and I'm this is before the hotel. Oh, before the hotel, I was young, I was underage. I had a fake ID, and it wasn't even a decent fake ID. It was a passport scan that we'd flip the numbers around on and then scan. So it was like it was I don't know. Anyway, I won't say the venue. I don't want to get them in no, trouble. No, I'll no. tell you. I've, I've told you. Already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to dance in the bar and get paid. I used to get paid like fifty pounds. But and for me, that was a fortune because my travel card was two pounds. Child travel card. It was seventy eight, love. <laughs> Fuck you. No, it's two thousand five. <laughs> oh, don't make me feel old. No, but you, you, um, you dancing in the bar at that age and underage. You look very young for your age now. Yeah. So I used to wear eye makeup. Does it not feel a little bit weird that yeah. they've actually hired you underage? Yeah. Probably to look quite young. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Yeah. But back then I felt like an adult. Okay. And I was, in my mind then, an adult. Mm. It, like, looking back, it's oh, scary. Yeah. I was a kid. And, and and how did that work out? You, you, were you treated fine there? Yeah, or? I never got, knew what, nothing ever, nothing sideways ever happened to me, ever. So I was treated sideways. Sideways. I like that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, was, I was treated with respect. No one ever, gra- I think I kind of got people grabbing my ankles and stuff, but okay. I was dancing in a bar in a pair of shorts, what'd you expect? Wow, yeah. It didn't scare me. And I still drinks. So you got thick skin at quite a young age then? Yeah, I had to. Yeah. I mean, there's no way, I think you go one of two ways when you're like a, like shrugging my fingers right now, bullied child. Mm-hmm. You become this, you know, nervous wreck, or you just yeah. become this like almost like bulletproof. And I definitely was bulletproof. Wow, that's insane. Well, that's a that's a tagline right there, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. That's a, yeah, I was thinking that about that. <laughs> Maybe get the title of a podcast that you might be doing. <laughs> so, um, so you did that underage before going yeah. to Bellboy. Um, that's quite. What point do you decide? Right, I don't want to do this adult thing because you're in adult thing now, mm. and you decide to pull away from that and do the Bellboy. Yeah, because, so something changed. Yeah, because it's just I didn't like doing it. I didn't find it fun anymore. And I was young enough yeah. to be like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Bye. Next. <laughs> next. Yeah. Thank you, next. Because if for the light, yeah, it felt like the world was my oyster. Yeah. So I was doing the bellboy thing and I used to make a fortune in tips. Like a fortune. One day I was 17 years old and I made £1,400 in tips. Shit. And what did you do with that money? I went to Selfridges. And I bought it. <laughs> I remember exactly what I bought. It was a camo Dior top, <laughs> which had this big black, um, like, wax printed thing and I got AM PVC mm. trench coat from Dior Home. Yeah. Nice. Who do I think I was? I Wearing know. that to Elton Station. <laughs> Delusional. <laughs> no wonder you got bullied now. I, <laughs> I sold it on eBay in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So yeah, your the the interest in adult didn't go away then from doing No. Um I was always fascinated by sex. But what got you back into working? Because you went to work for an Alstone. Yeah, so um, I quit the hotel. Yeah, I was too tired. I was doing a lot of back-to-back shifts to make loads of money, and I, mm. I literally was like seventeen years old with like yellow bags under my eyes because I wasn't sleeping properly, and I was partying, going to work. I was yeah. sli- I was sleeping in the baggage trays. 
and starting my baggage tray. So like the bags, the plate, the trays where we'd keep the people's suitcases when they were like waiting to go to the airport. They'd have to check out and they have to leave the bags somewhere. So I used to sleep in the racks and then go to work, party, sleep, work, party, sleep, shower, because you could shower at the hotel. Mm. Anyway, I was was like, this is getting out of hand, stop. And I was on the club scene at that point. Yeah. So I was kind of a club kid. Nice to party of like famous people and stuff, and like, you know, but that's that yeah. whole indie scene of like Amy Winehouse and the Kooks and Kelly Osbourne and this era of um, celebrity, which got yeah. really prominent in like 2005, 2006, 2007, etc. Mm-hmm. I kind of rode that wave. Uh, Pardon me, I punched the microphone, that's and a lot of people around me were getting famous. So I was in this like these fun circles, and then but it got to a point where loads of my friends were becoming really successful, and some of them were, were famous. Yeah, and I'm like, what? What do I have to bring to the table? Because I'm carrying bags to people's bedrooms. Yeah, and I need to think about what I'm going to do, and it's like, what am I good at? And it's, it's to sex, the topic in general. Mm. I love talking to people about sex. I love sex itself. I yeah. love pleasure. I love the psychology behind it. I love getting into people's minds about their sexual that literally oh, well, <laughs> that that gives me euphoria like i adore yeah. it. i adore those intimate conversations with people where you find out little things about them you're like oh, okay mm-hmm. that's i love but you, that. you 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 we was take, talking at length about your kind of routine when somebody arrives at your house now it, <laughs> to, to me you, know, you sound like an escort <laughs> no 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 not today <laughs> but um like, I mean, we are obviously we're quite different people and everyone's different. Yeah. But your routine is a lot about not the sex as well, isn't it? Yours is about... Yeah. I like... Well, I think... I I, I like to make people comfortable. Yeah, I like, but you, you, you take snippet a bit. When someone comes, you like you just said, you like to get in there. You take something and use that to your advantage. Yeah, I, I, I like to relax people. I'm quite yeah. tactile. And I compliment people. I, yeah. I, I believe in compliments. Yeah. Because I think... Especially with like men, especially hyper masculine men, mm. they don't get that many compliments because yeah. it's not part of their their world. But that's your type, isn't it? Unfortunately, unfortunately, I wish it wasn't. I would love to be. I would love to press a button and change my type because my type is so fucking frustrating. Right. And um, which we're talking about pretty much like closeted men or straight men, right? Yeah, and I'm trained that way, and it's not. It's not so much an active choice. It's just the way that my life panned out that. When I turned 15, 14, 15, 16, like my hormones kicked in, whatever. Like my lips yeah. got quite full, my bum got big and I was slim. Mm-hmm. And my eyes were like quite female. And I used to attract men who were curious about their sexuality, but presented yeah. as straight. But you it, never, it made me feel special, I guess, when I was younger. Yeah. So it kind of put me in this routine of what I sought. Or what I found attractive, because I think you're quite, you're quite shaped by your first sexual experiences, you know. Oh God, you are. I am not really. You know. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. The, the, okay. the first person that I met, because I mean, I'm t- totally different when I came out. I was 18, and before that, I had a bit of a fumble at someone at school in in the ledge centre. But uh, yes. you know, I, I came out 18, and the first time I had sex, sorry, mum, the first time I had sex, I literally <laughs> listened to a record of the Carpenters album over twice because I was so nervous. Oh, bless. And then the person I realised, actually, you're not, I didn't like the person. I was like, oh. You didn't long to be close to them. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> I, hate, I hate myself for saying that. Oh, my God. Why did you I say that? Like, your, your kudos <laughs> levels have just gone down. <laughs> uh, no, but to me, it was, it was yeah, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, but to, to that, did it shape my life on, on my I side? Think it, it, I think it does, even subconsciously. I definitely think it does. Yeah. I think that your first sexual experiences shape a lot of your interests, especially even. I mean, they say that like a lot of your childhood experiences will shape some of your kinks and some of your. No, not 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 sexual. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. Oh Christ! Uh, they, I don't know. There's lots of different studies of yeah. folks and different aids, but for me personally, I know that I was shaped by that. But would you not like take yourself out of your comfort zone and? Say, I've done it. Do a few months. No, but I mean, like, because that kind of thing I I see as like condition, like learned Mm behaviour. So you regularly on that, it's association thing, this is what you do. Yeah. So you need to, well, I'll probably think that you need to try something else for a few months to to, to break that. Yeah. No, I have. Like, I've, I just know, like, I know myself really well. Yeah. Like, I'm not someone who's sat, who am I? 
what do I like? I know what I like. Oh, okay. I'm very self-assured. I know exactly what I want from life. I know what I want from sex. Yeah. You should I know what I want from make men. a book one day. A book. Maybe, maybe make a book, book one day. <laughs> <laughs> no one is saying that because uh, I think that's, that's planned for the future. Maybe mm. do something. Yeah, a book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what, agreed to that. Uh, uh, so what, what, you, you decided that you're, you're really into the sex thing. You said that you're like giving advice and... Um, yeah. Like be pretty much like a, a an agony aunt. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but what what is it that you like to help other people out in regards to sex? With, it just with? What, what subjects or just in general? No, I mean just in general. I mean it's it's to me that working in the adult thing, like loving the sex thing and being all about it. Obviously, it's it's, it's a different a different experience, a different life. I think to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that you literally would <laughs> like to be a, a sex agony aunt. You you yeah. do the sex toy thing. Yeah. So uh, what is it that really turns, not you on a sexual way, but what is it that really makes you feel? Because I, I, I get contentment from helping people discover themselves. And mm-hmm. when someone sends you like an email saying, oh my God, you thank you, because because yeah. of you now I'm more confident to enjoy my sex life. Yeah. Everyone has their interests and the things that give them that euphoria, that natural. Yeah. Mine is sex in all aspects. My own mm-hmm. sex life, helping other people's, yeah. learning about sex, reading about sex. Watching sex, yeah, not so much watching actually. I kind of get bored watching if people have sex. <laughs> I, I could do it so much better than that. Raise those hips, girl. Yeah. You ain't so, doing it right. <laughs> so, 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 being you say that you're at sex, what, how is it that you got to be perfected at doing the sex? Just practice, practice with people. I was just naturally oh. good at it. Well, but how, the, how do you figure that one out? How do you know? Do, just, just from was. people getting reviews. Yeah, you get on like, Yelp. Yeah. No. Oh my god, I said yeah. I, don't know. I had like I used to have a whiteboard. Like, can you mark me out of ten? No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, I just, I, I, I just kind of, sort of I thought, right, if I'm going to be giving oral sex or if I'm going to be having sex, mm-hmm. what's the best way to make it feel good? Yeah. And I just thought about it before I did it. I thought about things like texture, suction, rhythm, mm-hmm. where you squeeze, where you blow, where you lick. Yeah. To me, I analyzed it before I did it. That's just kind of the person I am. Yeah. So I thought, I'm going to impress people with mm-hmm. sex. And I did. Yeah, and you also started writing for columns, didn't you, in, in magazines yeah. as well, doing that kind of thing. Yeah, so I had a really nice, op- I, I was lucky to have an opportunity handed to me by QX Men magazine, thanks mm. to Chris and Michael T. Smith, Yeah, who I'm very grateful for, because they both changed my life with that, Chris Coleman, Michael T. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me a column where I'd review adult products. Okay, And then off the back of that, people let get led to trust you, because you're kind of saying, I know what I'm talking about, here's an honest, pers- like my perspective on how to enjoy this toy. Mm-hmm. And it, it gave me a level of credibility, I guess. Yeah. Because it's I'm putting myself out there and I'm I'm talking about intimate parts of my body. I'm not just saying this felt great. Yeah. I'm saying, you know what, if you want it to feel good, maybe push it on this part of your dick. Yeah. And you know, if your if your bum hole's feeling sore, maybe try this. And like, yeah. and people giggle about stuff like that, but it's the reality of sex. Hmm. You know, the the nitty gritty things that people possibly aren't want to going to be discussing. But how do you get over that stigma? Because there'll be a few people listening to this one as opposed mm-hmm. to the other podcasts and They'll assume that what you're talking about is, you know, oh, he's talking, is sex, it's, it's dirty, what, what, you know, he's oh, talking the sleazy side of it. Grow up. Because a lot of people think like that, but you're doing it from an educational point of yeah. view because... Uh, Life is short, and I just think that you can get so much from just pleasure and just understanding your body, and having great sex with someone is so intimate and special, hmm. and it can leave you feeling euphoric for days, and it's free. But do you still find it's quite a taboo in the UK? Absolutely. Yeah, I like yeah. people don't want to date me because of it. I scare people, I intimidate people. People see me as like the, the town slapper, mm-hmm. which may be right. <laughs> I think from what you've The village uh, bike. No. <laughs> I'm I, I like, I, I definitely, I definitely have witnessed myself intimidate people. No, you, you do. Yeah, you have got that edge to you. But I, I just think I'm just a human, like, yeah. I, I'm same as everyone else. I don't wake up in a like a bed, like a strapped to a bed. I wake up, brush my teeth, go to work. Hate everyone on the bus. Hate everyone on the train. <laughs> hate everyone walking to the office. <laughs> yeah, I think you said you wanted to get a cab on the way home, didn't you? Yeah. you didn't want to get the Northern Line. I hate Northern Line. <laughs> I always feel like I have to get like a an yeah. TB injection on again. <laughs> yeah, it's such a great grim. It's gross. So, so, what is your goal in life then? If you t- if you take yourself another ten years forward, you've done the whole London Pride thing. Mm-hmm. You're quite well known in the educational side of the yeah. adult scene. I hope to be respected as a sex educator. I hope to have a daughter. 
I hope to have. Oh, you want a family? Yeah. You want a daughter? Definitely. I want a daughter. Are you thinking about adopting or would you like one genetically? Genetically. But I'd like to do it with a partner. Okay. So if you're interested, email me. <laughs> Don't WhatsApp me. I hate being WhatsApp. What's, what's, oh. <laughs> so now you need to listen to, if you go to our Thirsty Bitch podcast on Spotify and iTunes, <laughs> go on to our extra <laughs> thirsty version of um, the Valentine's Day one we did. Mm-hmm. Because some of your WhatsApp messages... Yes, but people treat. I mean, the way they talk to you. Yeah, but then I smack them down. Like I don't, I don't tolerate being spoken to that way. But people think they can because of the way I present. Yeah. So like, if if you're obviously, I'm not going to assume anyone listening to this is knowing what I dress like. But sometimes I'll dress up for clubs and I'll dress up very provocatively. Okay. Is is there any kind of social media you want to put out there for people to have a look at? Um, Yeah, I guess Topher Taylor, T O P H E R T A Y L O R. Or my Twitter is hello. I am Tofa, <laughs> but yeah, I I do. I think because I just I like the way it looks. I like to accentuate the way I look. I like to celebrate some of like the curves of my body and stuff, yeah. and my slim parts and my bouncy bum and stuff. Yeah. So you you are for I mean a lot of the gay scene is quite opposite to that because this whole body positive is only just starting to come really prominent into it because yeah. a lot of people, and I think it's a fault of the gay scene and, and advertising, but I'm not happy with the way that the look but you're literally promoting that what, it, it, the, what you do the, yeah like I'm just like you know what um, it's like this this line from Party Monster like who cares if you've got a hunch on your back just put throw some glitter on it and go dancing <laughs> at the end of the day you can only work with what you've got yeah and it's really easy to sit on scroll Instagram and look at these bodies and look at mm. these flat stomachs and these stretch mark free inner thighs and these hairless legs and this perfect teeth and think I want to be like that but yeah. at the end of the day you are you and I'm going to sound like Oprah here or something I'm about celebrating who you are like mm. everyone on this planet I do believe is individual and is special yeah. and should be celebrated and I know I sound cheesy but I'm just being authentic with mm-hmm. you right now this is honestly yeah. how my mind works you should celebrate yourself because there is no one on this planet like you Yeah. so put, like if you want to buy that pair of thigh high socks fucking buy them Yeah. you might look like a twat in them you might not who cares just do it like dress up express yourself because life is short you know like we especially what's going on in the world right now like we don't even know what's around the corner uh, do we yeah Boris. Exactly. Well, yeah Jesus. hi Boris <laughs> my opinion of him will stay off fucking air repulsive man repugnant yeah pig oh it didn't, stay, it didn't stay off air did no, it? carry on carry on oh, that was on air uh, <laughs> yeah he's a, I don't I don't tolerate racism no and some of the comments he's made in the past are unacceptable to me if you haven't it and I wouldn't even go down the races because I was I'll be talking here for ten minutes about that. But I just I just believe in celebrating who you are and mm. you might not be happy of your shape right now and you might not be happy of the way your hair's growing or the texture of your hair or the teeth, but is that gonna change tomorrow? Probably not. Not without money. Or or effort or yeah. You know, no. but, yeah, but so just do it. Mm. Fucking yeah, do it. Angle the f- it was true, but I do believe that, and I believe in kind, and I believe in said. That's why I believe in compliments. Yeah, because I, my friends will tell you, like every time my fr- every time my friends post like a selfie, mm. they'll tell you I'm on it because I love seeing people appreciate themselves. Okay, it makes me happy. I'm cheesy, and my female friends especially. I'm like yes, yes. <laughs> like you look at me, and like when my yeah. girls post a picture, like I'm on the beach. I know sometimes, like with all this emphasis on body, it takes a lot mm. to post a picture of your skin. Yeah, you know, to post yourself not airbrushed, you know, not hidden by fashion or a jacket. No, it is good, and I think that's uh, one thing you were saying earlier. I mean, you've got a few things lined up imminently. Not we're not talking about ten years now. We're talking about mm-hmm. imminently. You don't have to talk about them. Yeah, but that'll uh, if people start following you on social media, you can be announcing a few things. Yeah, like I've I had a really. I'm excited, and if you know, it feels like I've worked so hard mm-hmm. in my career. Yeah. Like I've been in the adult industry now for twelve years. Wow. I'm 30 so I started when I was in the sex shop when I was 18 and I've had an interesting thing pop up which is television work Yeah, and I don't know how brief it's going to be I don't know if I'm going to be on air for 10 seconds yeah. or 10 minutes but I'm just going to grab it with both hands because like I said I've had to blag it and I've had to claw my way to the top yeah. and this isn't even the top you know what I mean yeah. but where I am is because of hard work and because of genuinely giving a shit about what I do mm. and caring about people's sexuality and caring about people using a product and enjoying themselves and feeling great about themselves. Yeah. Because I am I really am that cheesy person who gets off on it. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> dig, can... digging, digging deep. You know, you see, anyone that meets you at these 
uh, like fetish awards or porn awards or in the clone zone or wherever it is, people don't see you as being really cheesy. They see you as... I, I think... No, you know what? I think I, people are usually a bit disarmed by how friendly I am. And I yeah. think they assume it's fake. Or they I, th- I think the first time I met you, because it was when we were doing um, a, a club night at Heaven. Yes. And I remember thinking at the time then, distinctly, I was like... I think the first time we spent alone time together, I think we both went to Heaven Nightclub. Yes, think we was. went to view the, the rooms, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, I remember thinking, I was totally put off by the fact that you weren't anything like a th- I remember saying to Michael that I was like, he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, but people don't expect me, I think people no. expect me to be like very bright, but it's not, I don't, I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. It doesn't do anything for me. No. I don't want to feel better. I don't feel like I'm, this is one thing where I believe that everyone is equal. Mm-hmm. I'm not better than anyone. I'm not, worse than anyone i don't look up to celebrities yeah other than madonna who isn't a human she's a <laughs> life force yeah um but yeah i just want to be nice i don't mm. want people to think about me and roll their eyes yeah. or think oh he made me feel uncomfortable i want people to go like especially because of my job i want someone to know that they can reach out to me if they yeah. want to so what, what, what if, you, if, if you died tomorrow what would be your legacy i hope that people would think about me and smile and think oh he made me feel good yeah yeah, well, I've seen a lot of pictures on your phone that would say the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've made a lot of people feel good. Not a lot, but well. the people that I have known, they felt good. Trust me. <laughs> so there's an endorsement I, for yourself. I have been known to forget how to gag or <laughs> have a pain threshold on in, an inhuman. <laughs> I, think, I think on that note, I'd just like to say thank you very much for opening up and telling us about your, your very interesting life. Because for okay. a lot of people, this is a totally different world. Yeah. And you're going to open up. And hopefully, maybe sometime soon in the future, you'll be doing your own. Yeah. I'll show maybe and get people interacting with you. That'd be good. Funny you say that. Yeah. No, it's definitely on the cards. But yeah, anyone listening to this, and I mean it, this isn't just lip service on this. If you ever got a question, how would they get in touch with you? Reach out to me. DM me on Instagram, Twitter, email me. DM you. You can. I'm going to listen. I'm I'm not always going to reply fast because I do have this thing called a life. Oh. But because uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes people like sending me this question box, I'm like, yeah. dude, come on, I am existing. I do have like, it's like when you get the two ticks on WhatsApp, why don't you fly back? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like uh, you have your blue ticks turned off. That's a very smart yeah, move. I do. Very, that's a very fuck boy move. Keith. <laughs> what does that mean? Fuck boy. What's that mean? I don't want it. What do oh you God, mean? That's a whole another conversation. What's a fuck boy. Just quickly before we go, fuck boy is a as a boy who is going to ruin your life, but you go back anyway because the sex is great. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's no comment on that one. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, we're going to see you. I'm going to see you again very soon, anyway. Yes. But if you want to catch anything about to- uh, Tofa, you've got a website as yes, well. Yes, I do. That. Yeah, it's tofatailor.co.uk and it's spelled T O P H E R T A Y L O R.co.uk. Um, Instagram is my name, Tofa Taylor. Yeah. Twitter is hello, I am Tofa. Great. And you can reach out to me anytime you want. If you've got a question, I'm never going to judge you. There you go. I want to hear all your questions now as well. Uh, do support us on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, give us a comment as well if you like the show. And do tell your friends as well. And uh, catch us on Shades of Gay some other time, I guess. It's about it really, isn't it? Thanks for having me. This is <laughs> fun. I have to cancel my therapist appointment now. <laughs>